0: Hi there, I'm Patrick. I run a small business called Charlie's Coffee Co. Um, It's named after my dog, Charlie, and and obviously we we do coffee. Um, But this is my accompanying interview show called Grounds Up, where I sit down with people who I find interesting and I think are doing cool things and just have a conversation with them over a bunch of coffees that I really enjoy. Uh, It's a totally original format, and it won't remind you of any other interview show, Just kidding, of course, Um, but today I'm joined by Janet Garcia, who is a video games journalist who's worked at some of the biggest outlets in the industry, like IGN and Kotaku, before she made the switch to the indie outlets that she works at now, Kind of Funny and MinMax. She also has her own website called Pen2Pixels, where she writes about games big and small. Um, we have a really great conversation i really enjoyed talking with janet and i hope that you guys enjoy listening to our chat Um, so grab yourself a seat uh, and pour yourself a cup of coffee and thank you to janet for being our first ever guest on the show all right roll the intro Danny Garcia. Welcome to the show. Um, Before we pour some coffees and ask some questions, give me a rundown of kind of your relationship with coffee.
1: Yeah. um, I'm an everyday person. Twice a day ideal. No more than two times a day is also ideal. Okay. Um, Yeah. I drink coffee every day. I love coffee. Um, I mostly keep things pretty casual at this point. I'll just like knock something into the K-Cup machine and call it a day. But I did have my era of We're grinding the beans, and then we're putting the beans and you know the grounds in the machine. Yeah. Um. For a while, my boyfriend had the. What would you call it? I guess it's like kind of like drip, where you have like the little Chemex, and you like yeah pour over. Yeah. I think that's probably my favorite middle ground, where it's not as intensive as doing everything yourself, but it just usually tastes a little bit better. Where it's like it's like that, or like we have a little French press that we'll do the same thing with, and it's like simple to do if you already have the grounds. So fantastic. That's Probably my route of how I go about my coffee. and okay. you know, I'll hit up like smaller shops preferred, not above Starbucks. But, you know, it's cool <laughs> to hit the local scene and see what's up. And I feel like L.A. has the strongest coffee I've ever had yeah, in my life, which is very, um, was very exciting when I first visited here. But
0: <laughs> the caffeine tolerance has gone up since moving here. Yeah,
1: like it's just, I don't know, like Fantastic. they do coffee differently here, uh, which I appreciate. But I came up on coffee from a need of caffeine. So like in high school, like I was hitting the the monster energy drinks really hard. <laughs> and one day I like finally tried out like, you know, a Starbucks Frappuccino, which was like very sweet, but still also kind of bitter because it's still coffee. Um, and then I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. Then I dipped into like coffee with creamer and sugar. And now I just do everything black. Like amazing. everything I drink is just black at this point.
0: I'll kind of give you a run-through of what we're going to do today. So this is our first coffee of the day. This is an uh, El Salvador coffee from um, a roaster called Oddly Correct. Um, they're based out of Kansas City. Basically, all of these coffees, except for uh, this one is our own, but they're just all roasters that I've come across over the years as, like, a enthusiast who I, you know, really enjoy. So I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and see what you think. So if you want, feel free to, like, sip as you will. We're not There's no formal... Uh, tasting here but just kind of a a fun like thing to do while we're chatting so yeah yeah, any thoughts on this first coffee
1: um let me go again it's rich um it's dark but really palatable like it doesn't have almost any like bitterness to it which is Mm kind of surprising it's really smooth yeah yeah Yeah. what about you what's your what's your read on this what's your vibe here yeah
0: definitely i feel like there's some some chocolatey notes like a little bit of nuttiness um there's actually if you want to read the oh, yeah. bag too feel free to take this, a this look right here, right? yeah yeah so they're kind of just all in order we will go uh from your side to my side basically
1: okay so this is the el salvador one i don't think yeah. there's actually tasting notes on this guy. oh is there not oh we got a we got a oh, couple go. we got a okay. couple okay we got crisp, smooth, sweet, tangy. Ooh, all right. We don't have like a little like editorialized <laughs> story, which I was hoping <laughs> it'd be like from the dawn of man. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny. There's like there's the range. Some of them will just be like chocolate and then others will be like, yeah, exactly that. It's paragraphs and paragraphs. Um, cool. So let's jump into some questions. Um I have some questions kind of about games media Mm -hmm. as someone in in games media so the biggest thing that I feel like that I don't understand is I'm kind of always viewing these like big trade shows like E3 RIP um, from the from the television what do you think is something that somebody like me who's like just always viewing them from um, my home like doesn't see uh, and maybe doesn't experience both good and bad
1: as far as the trade show stuff specifically I guess the good is how much you get to see that's also like behind closed doors. Um, what's interesting about like the E3, or I guess to a degree, not like in the modern era, Summer Game Fest, right? Jeff Keighley show, is you'll, you know, we kind of get to go hands on with a lot of the stuff that you see from those showcases. Not all, but like a lot. So I guess that's kind of the behind the scenes that you don't end up seeing. Um, and I guess like that process, you know, it varies. Like a preview event is always different depending on what the parameters of the preview are. Like, is this hands on time? Is it hands on with a couple people? Is it like, you know, developer hands on? So you're hands off, but you're like, asking questions? Are you with a developer? Are you with like, a third party like PR situation where they're like, well, we I know like the the base details, but I can't like talk about, you know, the aspects of the actual, you know, design choices and things like that. So I guess it's kind of the behind the scenes stuff that you don't see. It's a lot of appointments, a lot of like running and like be lining to places, depending on how big (laughs) the space is. I guess for the cons, I mean, I think it's just a lot of work. Like the days are really long when you do, especially E3. Like now that it's just SGF, it feels much more mild because it's like, there's one showcase, you know, you like go and you play the games and the embargo's like either immediately or maybe like a few days later versus E3 was like, okay, well, especially depending on the kind of work you do, where it's like, maybe you're up early to like react to a showcase and then you're going to go the developers are going to come by like the studio set or something and you're going to do like a thing with them and then you also have like a preview to write and you want to like get it written as soon as possible because it's like it's just up as soon as you do it something like that so yeah. a lot of those days can be like 12 hour days like if you let it kind of be and it's really easy to like let it balloon like that i think for sgf it's much more casual because the format isn't as wild but you still because people are also in town you end up like Okay, well you work all day and then maybe maybe people are doing in person podcasts that they don't normally get to do and then okay, at night, like you're gonna wanna go like get drinks downtown and like, you know, mingle with people, say hi to friends, also make additional connections. So the days end up being still long as well. So it's just a lot of like long days. It's a lot of fun, but it you are like really spent by the end of it.
0: Yeah. And then you've got travel on either end too. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. That's what's nice That's about being lot.
1: here in LA where it's like at least I'm already here, but like I remember um last like well the summer they just passed for sgf like my colleagues from minnesota came by and we also wanted to do like a vlog of uh universal studios like the nintendo area we did that at the end of the trip and i've never been so tired at a theme park i'm like the last thing i want to do is write this right you know we like rallied and we did have fun but it was like i got no voice left i've haven't slept in days i haven't seen my family like it's a whole thing
0: shell of a human um, do you have a favorite and, let's say, like online and in-person event?
1: Mm. In-person event? I think it's still The Mix. Um, the Mix is, like, a small um, indie event. Uh, it happens oftentimes coinciding with different bigger conventions, so things like E3, things like um, SGF. It was supposed to happen, but they didn't have the permits together for it, so I fell through last second. Uh, if you go to PAX, like, a lot of times there's a Mix event happening during PAX. And, What's cool is that it's just a lot smaller developers and like the price to get in and get to show your game is a lot lower than like add an E3 or an SGF or a PAX. So you get like a really fun mix of games, like the lines are short. It's you know, usually they have a press hour but then it's kinda open to whoever. So it's just like fans of indie games coming around, like talking to devs and it just feels really casual, too, because there's not all, like, the pop and circumstance of, like, oh, hi, you're so-and-so from this outlet. Okay, let's sit down. And Nothing's wrong with that, but it's just kind of cool to walk up to, like, a table, and you have, like, a big range of developers, like, some who've made mini games, some who are, like, hey, like, I made this as, like, a small student project, and, like, I'm running it on, like, my laptop, and, like, I plugged (laughs) into control. You know, it's, like, really casual and chill, but, like, those are still really cool, too. Um, So I love the energy of those events. It's my favorite in-person. Online? Probably Steam Next Fest. There's yeah. just so many demos. Like I rarely dig into all of it because it's so much content. But like I did a few sessions ago, and I did like an eight-hour stream of like a bunch of games, and you find so much good stuff. So yeah. I think that's my favorite online. That's
0: awesome. I love the deep cuts too. Um, okay, I'm I'm curious what your driving factors were for leaving a big outlet like IGN. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the things that drove you to go the indie games media route? And what are some of the things that maybe you miss about having, like, a big studio behind you?
1: Yeah, I think for, like, having a big team, um, the people, the talent. I mean, I still work with really talented people, but, like, the the team I had there was really strong. I think the fun um, high levels of production are really cool. And I think, too, like, when you're at a bigger outlet, like, it's just easier to get access to things. So, yeah. you know, like, you just kind of have – it's it's rare to, like, not have access to something, at least as the company. Obviously, as, like, a as an individual, like you might not get picked up to do like a certain interview spot or like a, a review or something, but it's kind of like, you're the biggest. So like that's inherently kind of cool and convenient for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I think what I like about the independent stuff is I can just do exactly what I want. The reason I haven't gone to an outlet since then is because I just don't, I've not seen a role that I feel like that's something I definitely want to do. I think a lot of games media roles like they because they like have like there's only set roles right there's like features editor news editor reviews editor like you know guides editor like there's different types of editors but like a lot of those things maybe like if you're excited to like write or something it's like well you might not be writing that much that you're more like working with writers or like everything kind of has like additional asterisks to them it's kind of Mm -hmm. like I think a lot of people that get passionate about this industry are like I love podcasting and I'm like cool do you like love a lot of other stuff though because there's not like podcaster at a big outlet there's not like right. you'll have it's something you do but like and maybe it's what you're known for on the internet but it's not your day-to-day job um so i haven't seen i think i've seen maybe like one day-to-day job that i'm like i feel like i could that would be interesting but other than that like everything else is like it has a lot of other stuff tied to it Well, yeah. now like i write the reviews i want i do podcasts which i love so i kind of just get to only do the stuff i want to do which i like which yeah. i get like at a job like it's not always gonna be stuff you want to do because you're part of a team but like that's you can why say I like no. yeah. That's why yeah. I like not really like I am part of teams, but I'm like mostly just me, and then that comes with a lot of freedom, so that's nice.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm curious as somebody who plays games for work, how do you balance like kind of all of these new releases versus like playing something for your own enjoyment? Does those cross over more now that you're kind of independent?
1: Um, I think they definitely cross over more because I could always decide like I'm not gonna play this game. While well, like if I I don't know was doing. Uh, like a guides assignment like I'd have to there's only so many games that you cover for guides so it's like you might not pick something that you like love because it's like well maybe there's not a game out that you're like obsessed with that you'd want to do that content for but you're like assigned it even though they do try to work with like your interests and stuff with that obviously like you want people that are excited and, and experts on it but um I think as far as keeping up with stuff for me I do a stream every Friday called best of Whatever watch. So, like this year, it's 2023 watch where I play like the latest games and such as the greatest games. That's a little tagline. And <laughs> um that's really how I stay current. Like, even if I don't end up beating a game, like I play, I stream for like four hours and I'll max do two games. So it's like, okay, I at least taste test almost everything that comes out within getting to do the stream because sometimes I have to skip it. But that's how yeah. I try to stay current. As far as having fun, I try to pick a game here and there that's just like a for me game and it might still be like relevant to the industry. Like, I don't really hold it one way or the other, but I do try to pick some games where it's like, Hey, I'm not streaming this. Like, and it's tough because pe- people often like want me to stream it too. And yeah. it would be fun. And I like, that's why like, I like the job, I like sharing the stuff. Like I'll do, I forgot what game it was. It was, um, it was probably one of the like uncharted games that I was playing and I was doing like a Twitter thread on it and people were like, Oh my God, I'd love to see you stream this. And I'm like, I can't, I gotta like, I gotta have some separation somewhere yeah, and, and I pick my spots. just for me. Yeah. So totally. I have like, but even the just for me game is like, I'll still tweet about it, but it's like, yeah. I want to be, you know, a couple of things that are just stuff that I do outside of content. Like if I want to talk about it at one point, I'm not like not allowing myself to, but I'm not doing it with like coverage in mind, with keeping things up in mind. I'm not making content inherently from it. I'm just sitting yeah, alone, playing totally. a game.
0: <laughs> awesome. I love that. Um, okay. How do you feel about review scores?
1: Um, I am pro review scores still. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was curious because you work at outlets that do and don't have yeah. them. So yeah. Do you feel like the review score ever becomes more of the story than the game itself?
1: I think the review score always becomes more of the story than the game itself. Yeah. Review scores are definitely really problematic I think for talking about games more um, I guess like not candidly but really getting into the details of the games because people get caught up on like well you said it was this so like that means this and they kind of just put their own meaning on it. So they're like, Oh, well you said it's like a seven and like a seven's good, but like it's not that good. So like you really didn't (laughs) like it. You know, people get hung up on that. But what I like about the review scores is it forces me as a writer to put a game into a bucket, which is inherently limiting, but I like the challenge of like, where does this game land? Let's not leave it up for okay, it'll be up for debate because people will always debate things, but it's like for myself, like I'm gonna couch this as good or great or amazing or whatever and and I like putting that label on it I think it is useful also for consumers to look at um, or even just fans like I personally like like I don't mind reading a review that doesn't have a score like I think that's totally fine and fair but at the same time I always wonder it's like but what is your like at the end of the day like what's your big picture what's your one line and you might have like that one line at the end but like it doesn't give as much clarity to me as a score does even though like you can argue the score gives less clarity it's up for debate but (laughs) like that's why i still do scores like i have my own outlet and i put scores on it i'm like i just feel like it's nice to put things into like quick buckets and i like the challenge of trying to categorize that kind of thing
0: yeah absolutely i can see that being helpful structure wise too for writing or you know yeah, talking about a game, so. and
1: it's, um, it's a lot, too, of, uh, like, I was always trained to, like, do the score last. Like, you go in and sometimes you think, oh, I think I'm going to give it this. But, like, until you write it out, like, you don't really know, like, yeah. how you feel about it. And sometimes that, like, changes as you're writing where it's like, oh, I actually, like, didn't have as many negatives as I thought I did. Or maybe, hmm. like, I'm trying to convey this one feeling and I'm not getting at it right, so let me go back and edit. So I kind of like that back and forth process that the review scores provide
0: yeah do you have any like big swings that where you started the writing the review thinking oh it's gonna be oh, low yeah. or high and then it kind of swung the other way
1: i don't know i don't i don't know for writing the review maybe think, Like 2 was a, like a contentious game for me because i i went into it like i don't know it seems okay like i just kind of been playing it to check it out and then i loved it and then i like really didn't love it and i'm like what's gonna happen here <laughs> so i think that one was like a roller coaster of an experience. And I think writing it probably brought out some of those feelings again. But I'm not sure if there's one where I can't remember at least where it's like, oh, I was in between these two. And when I wrote it, I found my feeling. Yeah, ink.
0: totally. Awesome. Um, okay, last question before we move on to the next coffee here. Um, what's a piece of work that you're most proud of?
1: Mm, most proud of is tough. Honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what some pieces I've done recently. Most is tough because that's pretty high. I mean, one that comes to mind that I really like is I did years ago, like a Last of Us 2 drunk cast with a bunch of my colleagues and it was like four hours. And like, I really liked that piece because it felt like the epitome of like a me piece of content. Like I did that on my own, like randomly with like no plans for it. I do want to return to that idea of like a spoiler cast. that's very like casual and long form. But yeah, I think that was just like, a really cool moment so that's the first one that comes to mind
0: yeah oh, that's awesome is there anything that you're like dying to still do in your career that yeah. you haven't yet
1: so everything <laughs> um, all of it I definitely want to I think it'd be I don't want to say want to do this now but I think it'd be fun to also could I pour the excess of this back in here oh so yeah yeah, was, yeah please please is that allowed okay, no cool. not, I mean it's
0: just us because so they're also just
1: it. yeah right like no one's gonna be <laughs> I don't know this is drinking off this empty no. part.
0: yeah don't feel like you need to drink all of it
1: yeah I gotta gotta pace myself but um, <laughs> yeah we
0: got a lot to get through
1: I definitely want to um I think have credits in a game at some point yeah I don't know to what degree I think it'd be fun to make a game also at some point and but like for like content I more do right um, I really want to make a video game podcast version of my semi-abandoned and hiatus like game industry guides where I bring on people like uh, like different panels to answer common questions like from directly to experts so something like how to pitch features and it's like I have the features editors from like some of the biggest outlets and some smaller outlets and they get together and they say what they look for in pitches or what they like to see or what they don't like to see and it can just be kind of a straight from the horse's mouth kind of advice thing where like i kind of already do that in writing but i want to do that with like more people more questions and also learn more about some of the stuff that i don't know as well like i don't really know like the pr side Hmm. of the industry as well like i have pr friends and i learn more as i talk to them but you know a lot of people go into that space as well so like being able to like ask those questions of like how'd you get you know is going to college worth it we have like three people that didn't three people that didn't in their routes and like what years and stuff like that like having real people get to field those questions and, like, hmm. write in and talk about it is, like, a show that I've been wanting to do forever, and I just have not decided to make the time for it yet, but hopefully soon.
0: Okay, so this next coffee comes from a, a coffee roaster called Devotion. They're based out of New York, and they only roast uh, Columbia coffees. So, which is kind of unique. Um, most roasters will do, like, you know, a broad swath of of different regions, uh, and these guys specialize specifically in Colombia, um, and it's really cool. They do a, like a, a big variety of coffee within that one kind of niche. So, yeah, it's a fun one.
1: Do we want to drink before the read?
0: Sure, let's okay. do it. Yeah, have a first taste. Tell me what you think.
1: It's nice. It's like a little bit fruitier, I think, than the last one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: it's good. Awesome. Um, okay, so I want to ask you some questions specifically on writing for games. Um, as a former teacher, are there any similarities to writing a lesson plan versus writing a games guide?
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent like it's like a one to one. It's crazy how much they're the same. I think that's maybe why I like became kind of good at it and like feel like I can still to this day like format in my mind like what people would be asking or searching for or thinking of. Um, yeah, like it is literally. A direction set that that is all a guide is it's a direction set I mean you add some extra stuff like like tips and tricks and things but like it's a direction set so you want to make it clear uh, idiot proof and also skimmable that's the thing people don't read like even people reading guides who like need help they're like no one wants because yeah. usually too like when you're looking at a guide you want to be in you want to be out like you probably barely came around here you're like <laughs> I guess I'll look it up who has the answer you're looking for the first thing and sure there are people that become fans of like certain sites and maybe they'll always look up a guide in IGN or a guide in Polygon or a YouTuber or whatever. But yeah, they want to be in, they want to be out. So like having a lot of bold text in certain spots, like breaking up the sections in a way that makes sense. Um, Adding also like hint systems to Hmm. guides was like a really fun thing that we definitely have played around with. Like back when we were like, well back at IGN, like when I was there, Um, especially for like puzzle games, like hardcore puzzle games, like where it's, you might want help but you might not really want all the help because it's like that's the point of the game is to solve stuff so like unlike i don't know you get a puzzle in god of war you you probably aren't playing god of war for the puzzles like you might like the puzzles but it's not like i want a puzzle game i'm gonna play god of war ragnarok you know but if you're playing patrick's pair box like you probably kind of wanted a puzzle game so maybe like a hint could be good and you can like click into the hint before you like see the answer so um yeah but it's like literally a direction set because every time you'd make like a lesson plan or specifically, like, pieces, like, materials for students. It's about, like, making sure they can get through it easily. Like, sure, you want them to, like, read it, but, like, they're not going to read it. So you can just <laughs> yeah. say you can just save some time by making it easier. Like, even something as simple as, like, if there's a second side, like, like write in caps, like, there are two sides, bold it, put it again there, and then put <laughs> an arrow at the bottom. And, like, some people will still mess it up, and that's fine. But, like, you felt like you did all you could do, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what guides writing is like as well
0: totally oh that's awesome i was really curious to see if that was a case I'm, I'm i'm happy to hear that it is um how do you approach talking about a game on a podcast in this format or like a video podcast versus writing about one? Oh, oh.
1: yeah they're like totally different when you write it's harder <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know if it's a podcaster that would disagree with that i think writing is way harder than podcasting for a review um they kind of start the same, but they like diverge. So like the way they start the same is I take notes on my phone. Like I have an iPhone, so I just use the Notes app, and I'll like as I start playing, I'll just have it open, and I'll start writing stuff. And like it kind of gets less detailed as I go on, where I'm like oh, I don't know, whatever. Like, <laughs> but I'll like put any thought I have, and they're usually kind of kind of nonsense. Like sometimes there's something relevant, but like it's just kind of like I don't know, uh, stuff like this part was so dramatic or oh my god this happened oh this jump feels weird okay no the jump got bad you know like it's just like my kind of stream of consciousness yeah and I'll take those notes in and like maybe reconsolidate them if I'm doing like a podcast or maybe I don't I just kind of glance at them or put some stuff in bold and if I'm writing a review those notes are the first thing I have in the doc that I start writing in Mm -hmm. and then I'll do like 25 minutes attempted nonstop writing and I'll like use that as a base like a baseboard to like kind of spring off of that's not what baseboarding is but whatever like a a springboard right and then I'll just like start writing and then I'll start like molding it I kind of think of it as like molding clay the style that I write for my reviews while like when you're talking on a podcast you maybe have like your base thoughts and then you're riffing off of the thoughts of other people so I do think you kind of get a more holistic understanding in a way like talking to other people but like the process of writing is harder and like sometimes I meet in the middle too and like I'll write I'll do a voice note to myself like when I'm done playing a game. Sometimes I'm talking to my boyfriend about it and I'm just like, hey, like here are my thoughts and I'll hit record and then I'll transcribe Hmm. that note. And then that can also be like a basis for my written review where it's like because I do think talking out stuff or writing out stuff, you start to learn what you actually think about it. Kind of like writing in a diary, right? Like if you're upset and you write in a diary, you might gain clarity on like why you're upset or become less upset by the end a review is kind of like that where you're sort of working out your feelings about the game and by the end when you're done you're like yes this is how i feel and Hmm. if it's not how you feel yet you're not done writing it
0: yeah no that's super interesting because i it's funny because i feel like i'll listen to a lot of podcasts and they'll go like what like you were saying where they're kind of going back and forth between their opinions on the game even like during the podcast you're like oh yeah actually there was a lot of stuff i didn't enjoy so that's really interesting um okay I would love to hear what the most challenging part of writing a game guide is because that to me feels like such a big daunting task, especially something like I saw you did The Last of Us 2. Yeah. Game guide for IGN and like that game took me like way too long to be. Yeah.
1: The coins were a lot. Thank God my colleague Brendan Graber, shout out to Brendan Graber, came in and was assigned like to help me. And I was like, you're going to do all the cards, and all (laughs) the coins that I didn't find yet because I was never going to find them in time. Like I was so relieved. Um, the hardest thing about a guide is how much work it is. Just like the, the hours of work, the work itself, in my opinion, isn't that inherently hard. Like it is definitely a craft. Like not everyone could write a good guide. We could do, you know, I don't know, Mario one, one, right. And like a good guide writer will write a better guide than like someone who doesn't know how to do it. Like that's just fact. So it is a skill. But once you develop that skill, it's just like a marathon. It's yeah. like the run- the running itself isn't the hard part. It's how long you're running for and yeah that's basically it it's just like a lot of time Hmm. so like with the last of us i was i probably have like i don't know 80 plus hours in the last of us and it's like that game's not that long like it's like not that long of a game so and you know a lot of that is like the screen is open and i'm writing on the side but like those kind of hours speak to how long you spend looking at the game world and thinking about the game world and i have like parts of that game like like tattooed into my mind where it's like especially too when you start writing you like for me it's like I start somewhat hyper detailed and then I kind of like ease up a little bit because I'm like okay well this doesn't need to be so specific when I have like a lot left to do it's like let's just keep let's you know let's keep it short and sweet um you also don't want to write too much because like you're trying to get people in and out through it clearly you know um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of time. Because, like, that game's not too, you know, complicated. There's a couple hard things in it, like the some of the, the safe code combos, maybe. And, again, the collectibles definitely are challenging. Which, again, shout to Brendan, because I've never been a good collectible person. Um, despite being guides, like, I'm like, I've just... Doesn't mean I can just find, like I can write, I can explain where stuff is, but like finding it's still hard for me at times. But yeah, this is just the hard part. It's just like, it's just a marathon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, last question before we jump to the next coffee. When you sit down in a keyboard, do your hands go to typing position or WASD?
1: Oh, typing position. I like don't do a lot of keyboard gaming. I'm like a console gamer at heart. So like if I can use a controller on a PC game, like I'm using a controller on a PC game.
0: This next coffee is our own coffee. Mm. Um, so Charlie's Coffee Co., it's named after my dog, Charlie. Um, this is a new coffee, actually, that I, I just got in. It's a Kenya, um, and it's triple washed. It's really, really complex. Okay. So let me know what you think. Uh, no hard feelings if you don't like it.
1: And I'm a little scared. A little scared.
0: <laughs> There's no pressure. I did
1: have the thought on my way over here. I'm like, what if this is like a troll show, and like all the coffees are really bad, and I just have to drink them? like
0: oh my gosh that would be horrible
1: it's good it's definitely more bitter than the last two Mm. but it's not like bitter in a bad way yeah it just kind of has like like a bit of a punch to it it's a little it's a little grungy in a way but there is a little bit of like like a sweeter kind of note to it too but it is like dark
0: yeah it's um this one's a little warmer, too, I'm just realizing. So I'm going to, like, yeah, I these that other too. ones. But
1: I do think the temps have been really good. I was a little okay, nervous cool. about that because I'm, like, I tend to, like, <laughs> you know, I'm, like, a, like a four-hour coffee drinker, yes, typically. same. We but need, yeah. like, the
0: Ember mug that keeps it warm the whole time.
1: Yeah, but um, what about you? Like, what do you like about this one? How did you end up, like, developing it and getting to this point with it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, what are you trying to like
1: accomplish with it? You know.
0: Yeah. So my goal, like at least my approach to roasting is to I'm similar to probably a lot of people out there, but I'm newer to roasting than a lot of these other people. So um, my goal is really like to take kind of an approach that you would with wine, where it's like you try mm. to bring out the origins of that individual region. So um, sometimes it'll be like really earthy, really nutty, like some kind of notes that are like I guess like more like a Vegemite, Marmite, where it's like mm-hmm. some people love it, some people hate it. Um, but I'll like leave it as is versus like try to ro- roast it more to get it to be a little bit more like neutral. Um, so I like when I can taste a big difference in like the different coffees. So that's like ultimately my goal. Um, you know, we'll see if, if we get there. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a process. It's like a, a, a very tricky thing for like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, You get a new coffee in and it's kind of like you'll do a similar profile that you would on like a different coffee from Colombia and it behaves totally different. Right. And they almost have like kind of uh, personalities to them, which is interesting. So that's always fun. You kind of get to know a coffee as you roast it more um okay so the next set of questions i have is kind of focusing on running because i know you're a runner um okay as a runner myself okay new to la um just moved here like a couple of months ago do you have any recommendations for like good running spots
1: yeah i mean freaking the santa monica beach slash pier that that's it that's like i feel like that is the pinnacle for like distance ease and views yeah um like i did you know how like, what's your running style? Are you, like, are you track? Are you, like, cross-country? Are you long distance? Are you ultra? Like, what do you get not, into? Not ultra. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I just threw it out there because like, I don't know what I'm working <laughs> with. You know, like, it could be.
0: Um, no, I was supposed to run my first marathon last year. I was okay. supposed to do Big Sur, um, but I got COVID three days oh, beforehand. My God. That's, like,
1: my biggest fear. I'm brutal. so sorry that happened to you that I can't even imagine. <laughs> I won't dwell on it too much because I'm sure you've thought about it a lot, but, like, I cannot imagine yeah. doing all of that work and, ugh, that sucks. But. I was
0: super bummed. I was, like, tracking to be under four hours. So I was like, okay, I'm feeling really strong. Oh, yeah, I'm that's feeling great. I'm set. Um, and then, yeah, literally, like, four days before, I was like, I don't feel right. No, and then, that's the worst. Yeah, I hate I tested that. Yeah, Sure But, enough. yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think that's, like, the a great spot. I also like, for smaller stuff, um, the Chandler bike plat- path up in North Hollywood mm-hmm. is really fun. It's, you know, it's not that long, but it's, it's cute. It's, like, a nice path in the middle of the city yeah um and then also like griffith park griffith park is oh, okay. incredible um especially too like because i imagine like big sur like that's got to be like a lot of elevation and like yeah. i think griffith park might be the best spot with like trails and things and they do offer like there's routes you can do around griffith park that aren't trail focused too where you can kind of run on basically the la river yeah um and it's pretty flat and like also again pretty good distance you can loop around i mean you can do again if you want to be really hardcore you can like do a run up to like the Hollywood sign like or just you know you can kind of do whatever but I've ran a lot of my hill work was at Griffith and even if you don't want to do hill work again there's plenty of fairly flat trails like through near where like the zoo is at um, those are probably my top spots okay but I mostly did most of my training over here in, in Santa Monica nice. um, I was training with my brother so he'd like drive us down and it was interesting like as you get further and further in like running basically all of it, like from Long Beach, like all the way back and then turn around again. Like it got pretty, uh, pretty intense in terms of seeing a lot of stuff, but like, it's a great spot to run.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have any like over or underrated spots?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I'm always seeking more because like, you know how it is. Like you get bored, you know, I think for, for like underrated, I mean, it is very specific kind of work, but if you're doing like, you know, uh, speed workouts, like just finding a good track. There's Mm -hmm. like a, like a high school that like will sometimes hit up but like that's a little bit tough because it's like it still is a high school so it's like yeah. oh they have like a ga- like a practice today so it's like you yeah. can't really you know <laughs> but it's also like it's a high school so it's also like community space too so you can like there's definitely people that like go and work out there but a nice track is just so nice for speed work where you're not just like i don't know running full speed in the street on the regular street Yeah, yeah totally. um i don't think i have anything that's overrated yet i kind of love them all for different reasons but totally. i'm always looking for more spots um if people have more spots like let me know because i like <laughs> i get bored after a while And it's tough because you'll try like a new spot sometimes and then like you realize that like oh i don't really like you know you have a harder sense like where's the turn like yeah, am I like right. I, that kind of happened with me i was running near um like the north hollywood train station because there's like a park near there and there's a couple of trails and like i ran the trail kind of okay but like my brother definitely got kind of lost so then it's like yeah. You get turned around, and you're that's checking rough. Checking your phone
0: the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and you're like,
1: this isn't right. But I try hitting up the All Trails app to try to find new locations to run. But I think it's definitely tough when you're, if you're marathon training like us, where you start getting up in mileage, it's like, well, how many times am I gonna go yeah. back and forth <laughs> on this four mile path? Like, exactly. You know. But yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I have. Oh, actually, one more question before we get into like rapid fire. What's the better city for running, LA or Chicago? Um,
1: oh, I think I have to go to LA just because of the weather. Yeah. So. Um, but I do love the um, the uh, lakefront path. I think that's still, like, I think that's still probably my favorite place to run in terms of, like, you get wicked miles. There's mile markers on it. Yeah. Like, the views are very differentiated. Like, that still might be, like, the best running path I've had. But a uh, better place to run, definitely LA. You can run at any point <laughs> and not be frozen. Like, yeah. yeah, that's automatic.
0: I love it. Okay, so we'll do some rapid fire uh, running questions here. Favorite running shoe?
1: Mm, the um. The Brooks Ravana.
0: Okay. Nice. Um, roads or trails. Uh, roads. Morning or evening run.
1: Morning. Uh,
0: music or podcast.
1: Ooh. Oh. I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to go music cuz if I could only have one, I would pick music, but I definitely hit the podcast pretty often too.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially when you're running so often. So yeah, I'm like some- <laughs> yeah, I just start
1: living with those people. Like yeah. I actually <laughs> listen to um the Giant Bomb. I know it's a Rapid Fire but real quick. I yeah, also yeah. listen to the um one of the Giant Bombs like game of the year things when I ran my marathon. Like I started my marathon with that and then I went to music. So they, like, got me through, like, that first half of the marathon, and I'm like, oh, my God, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, whenever there's, like, a three-hour podcast, I'm like, honestly, this is excellent. Yeah, I'm like, this is
1: exactly, yeah. you're just you and me hanging out on the trail.
0: <laughs> Big time. Um, okay, long run or tempo run? Long. Okay, and then stretching before or after a run?
1: Mm, after. Okay, Yeah.
0: right on. I'm the same. Um, incredible. Or not at all. <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> yeah. That's the
1: more often one I do. More but, realistic. Yeah. But if I had to only pick one, I feel like that's the best time to stretch, like, a little cool mm-hmm. down.
0: This one is in Ethiopia from a roaster called Brandywine. Um, it's from the Worker region in Ethiopia. This is very, very popular uh, region for coffee, uh, and this roaster is out of Delaware. They're one of my favorites.
1: I love the design of the bag. Yeah, it's like um, a little like space cat. Yeah, cat.
0: Um, they have a guy. I think his name is Todd. Todd Purse. Todd something. Um, and he designs all of the bags for for their coffee. He Does some really cool like kind of really quirky cute. designs. A lot of cats in their uh, their
1: designs. Like a little pet theme. Did you always like? Did you? How long did it take you to come up with this this name?
0: So Charlie is my dog. Um, and so I've been wanting to start a coffee business for a long time, and just like wasn't quite sure what I would name it. I had like a I have a whole list of like names for what I had planned to name it. And um, I, I got my dog, Charlie, in the pandemic. And I was like, well, it seems like a really good uh, starting point. So, yeah.
1: This is really good. Awesome. It's really sweet.
0: Yes. It really is like candy. Yeah. This um this region in particular, a lot of Ethiopia coffees are known for kind of having that sweetness, like almost fruity. Yeah. Um, and Worka region in particular, this is like some of the best coffee I've had, I think, has come from from this area
1: yeah i like the um for the tasting notes they put cherry preserves crayon raspberry juice and they said that strawberry candy in the red and green foil wrapper which is so <laughs> that is so accurate like i've this is yeah i've never had uh, coffee this sweet i don't think before like yeah. it really does taste like candy
0: right you don't need any like sweetener or anything. no too. like it's it,
1: i i also really like stuff like this because in my coffee knowledge for like tasting notes isn't as sharp as it is for like beer mm-hmm. but i love when i can drink something like this or like consume something like this where it totally almost like changes my perspective on what coffees can taste like and i feel like this is that and again there's like a plenty of coffees i'm sure that have this kind of sweet profile but yeah i'm like oh i never thought it could like hit in this way so that's really cool
0: yeah totally well you're gonna go home with all of these so oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah these i thought it'd just be like bags. one. Oh, this is no, awesome no, these are all for you so this is gonna be I'll so fun yeah.
1: yeah oh my god
0: You can do, like, a little tasting at home if you want. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I
1: definitely will. Uh, My boyfriend drinks coffee as well, so. And my brother is a huge coffee fan, so, like, we'll have to do a whole thing. Right
0: on. Cool. Um, Okay, so the next section, while we're drinking this coffee, I have a fun game for us to play. So, there's been a bunch of, obviously, like, recent adaptations of... Uh, kind of the resurgence of like video game movies Mm -hmm. Um, so what I want to do is kind of run through a list of upcoming ones and without having seen them obviously you give a score prediction and use whatever scale you'd like all right are you ready Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay we'll start with movies okay Minecraft the movie
1: oh I think that'll be like like a six out of (laughs) ten
0: I I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh. Yakuza.
1: Oh man, Yakuza is so fun. Honestly, I think it's gonna be an eight out of ten. I think it's gonna have like bullet train energy. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Where it's like, if you're like a little snobby, you're like, this isn't that good. But if you're basic, (laughs) you're like, this was exactly what I wanted.
0: Yeah, like a good action thriller. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's what I hope. Um, Death Stranding.
1: Oh God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't finished Death Stranding, but. I think 6 out of 10. I think it's going to be hey, mad confusing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to be like a Christopher Nolan movie.
1: Yeah. But like without the stuff that I think people like about Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: Um, Call of Duty.
1: Oh. Like a 5 out of 10. Like I just don't. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't see them going like Saving Private Ryan levels. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. they'll surprise me. I don't Big know.
0: Time. Um, okay. And Portal the movie.
1: Seven out of ten. I think it'll be like, what's that? Steven Spielberg. It's from the book movie that everyone kind of hates. But I was uh, like, it was tin kind tin. of right. No, no, <laughs> no the, um The, um the one Ready Player One, where oh, it's like yeah. a lot of people kind of hated it, <laughs> but like it kind of hit in a way. Like yeah. that's gonna be that portal movie. Okay, <laughs> it's like yeah.
0: mm. cult classic kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's like this is this is a, a really specific vibe.
0: Awesome. Okay, we'll move on to TV shows. Horizon.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about this one for a while. <laughs> i think seven out of ten i think it's gonna squeak by is like fine you know
0: i'm really hoping they have like a good budget for yeah the, di- the, the, dinosaurs. Like the dinosaur,
1: yeah i just i don't know i have so many fe- i'm like horizon <laughs> just keeps like not taking l's but i'm like i just know this isn't gonna be that good it's like <laughs> it's a rough time yeah
0: um okay pokemon but it's a live action series
1: hmm. i mean detective pikachu was fun but he was also kind of scary I think 8 out of 10. I think Loki is really fun.
0: Yeah. Okay, what do you think of the weird, deep Detective Pikachu voice?
1: Oh, that's Ryan Reynolds? Like that. It's all like...
0: I thought... Isn't there a new game where he's like a deep voice?
1: Maybe. I mean, they're going to have another Detective Pikachu game.
0: Yeah, I think that is the one where he has like a, a, a shockingly he's deep like, voice.
1: I, didn't he always have a deep voice? Maybe he didn't. I, I didn't play know. the first. The first one... Also, Detective Pikachu is like very much more of a kid's game. Like, it's just a younger demographic. Um... Yeah, they made it work. I have faith. Yeah, have okay. Faith.
0: Right on. Um, Fallout as a TV series.
1: Mm, I think 7 out of 10. I think it'll be fine. I yeah. feel like they're, I think the humor could be really fun with like, you know, the tone and everything, but I don't know if it's going to like <laughs> wow anybody. Right,
0: right. It's not going to be Last of Us level like story no. time. Which
1: that, that honestly surprises me. I didn't think it'd be as good as it was. Like yeah. it was, when they had that episode three, I was like, is this like a really good TV show? Right. I was like, what is going on?
0: I wasn't planning on watching it until I heard just everybody raving about it. I was like, all right, well, I gotta give it a shot now.
1: Yeah, like that, like honestly, that episode alone is worth watching like the whole series for it.
0: Totally. Um, I do feel like Fallout maybe will win some costume set design stuff. I feel like that's kind of the, yeah. the thing to watch it for, maybe. But um okay, God of War as a TV show.
1: Mm. I think eight 10 i also just want to have a a wider spread i feel like it does have a chance to be good because i feel like the mythology aspect like it's the right kind of nerdy that i think Mm. adapts well to tv right and like books and things and i do think god of war like you know 2018 and ragnarok kind of have like an epic feel to them in terms Mm. of like the style of writing and like the lore so, yeah, I have, I have hope on that one. Okay. I don't know how Kratos is going to look, though. That's, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> concerned <laughs> about that part. But
0: Yeah, big time. Um, okay, Mass Effect as a TV series. Mm.
1: I'm going to go 7 out of 10. Like, I don't know if that's going to transfer well. I know people love Mass Effect, but, like, I don't know. I don't know. Spa- space and space politics. I feel like that has worked in history so yeah, yeah. maybe it'll work again but
0: maybe more of like a star trek kind that's of what i'm thinking yeah. like a
1: star trek like a you know i know there's like a lot of like expanse fans and stuff so it's like maybe it'll hit that out of that that spot people.
0: this next coffee is from a coffee roaster called proud mary out of uh portland oregon
1: also i'm so awake Yay. At this point. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Um, well, yeah. Feel free to drink more or less if you're um, struggling. Oh, I or... like this design too. Yeah. They have, um, what I really like about their coffee bags in particular is they do like this like scale of kind of like mild to wild.
1: Yeah. This is kind of like a, a very like vaguely like nerd Pokemon gaming vibe. It's like <laughs> I could have sworn like this at a first glance, the skull pineapple tree thing was like the long neck executor if you remember that guy yeah
0: yeah. oh that's good And they
1: have like kind of like a godzilla type situation here like it's it's got some funkiness to it yeah
0: they're um they definitely have i think more kind of weird funky coffees than most roasters which i really like i like the kind of weird stuff even if it's not like a daily drink yeah um okay as we're kind of sipping on this coffee feel free to enjoy it your leisure um I want to focus on some games industry questions. Okay. Thoughts on the coffee.
1: It's good. For a second, it almost, like, the scent reminds me of jalapenos. Yeah. But the t- like, it, the taste isn't spicy. Like, I thought it would be spicy almost when I started drinking it. No, but... it
0: does. It smells just like jalapenos. Yeah, but it's good. Awesome. Um, okay. What are some fan bases that you love to engage with? And then what are some fan bases that you either walk on eggshells or are, like, straight up afraid to oh, engage with?
1: Oh, man. Right? Um... Oh, honestly, <laughs> this is gonna, again, this is make people mad. Um, <laughs> the PSVR 2 community has been hell on earth, and I don't know why y'all are so mad. I mean, I kind of get it. Like, I get what you feel. I have heard you. We have heard you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, was it was it just the negative, right? Or was there like a good one for the, the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which,
0: which ones do you really enjoy engaging with oh, and which ones do you struggle with?
1: For enjoyment? I mean, really, honestly, there's good and all fan bases. I'm trying to think if there's like a like a favorite, I guess, like, just to play to my favorite, like, franchise or whatever, Um, like, Jack and Dexter fans are always fun because it's, like, it's, obviously, it's a, it was a huge game, and it's, like, a Dog game, but it's sort of, like, a like a cult favorite, like, it's, like, a weirdo, like, favorite platformer, so I feel like there's some fun to be had in that community, mm. but I think for, like, more modern stuff, um, oh, God, what's a community that's actually just been just been good <laughs> I'm sure because there's like a lot of the big ones like like pokemon's a mess like i don't know maybe like the cosplay community but i don't yeah, know okay. there's like messes everywhere so like i don't know if i have a favorite um i mean i have great conversations with fans of like all different games but I, there's not a certain fan base that stands out as like well you know what honestly hot take my favorite fan base that i've engaged with at least just like through my twitch um was when i played demon souls everyone was yeah. really like really cool um and i know i'm sure there's a lot of try hard jerks in the demon souls community like i'm sure there are but for a game that's so like get good everyone was just like really nice i also i also kind of like the kingdom hearts community as well because mm. they're they love the game and they so they love seeing people play the game and they love like getting into it and they know it really well so i'd say like yeah favorite communities so far have been kingdom hearts and demon souls which are very different games least favorite <laughs> pokemon and psvr2 um Mm -hmm. i think just for both of those there's a high passion and i think that passion turns into like anger really quickly whether it's anger at the coverage anger at like the outcome of things um with with pokemon i feel like it's the classic like you hate your favorite thing it's like i feel like pokemon fans kind of hate pokemon which oh all right i guess and then (laughs) psvr2 it's been a lot of frustrations of like a lot of people in that community have like a really high expertise on on the technological aspects of VR. So they're like, I don't get why you can't appreciate that the focal eye range is double glassed. I don't again, I don't know the technology <laughs> stuff, and I'm like, look, I hear you. We're software people. I'm a software person. I never said that I'm a tech person. It is an impressive piece of hardware. As a software person, I'm gonna not be in love with it if it doesn't have that kind of backing. And there's been a lot of like frustration of that of like you don't know what you're talking about like so it, it's it been like really like dark in that sense mm-hmm. but like that just kind of is what it is like i don't really have like a big problem with it but it's funny because like anytime we do like psvr2 stuff on like ps i love you it's like i know like a lot of y'all are mad like and you're gonna you're still gonna be mad because i still don't like the device yeah. but that is what it is um so yeah that that has been my least favorite for sure in recent history that's
0: really funny i was actually curious because Um, So I kind of just got into the From Software, like stuff with Elden Ring. Um, And so I had really not experienced that. But that community is just like so focused on wanting people to experience those games, which I was really shocked by because it's such a dark, you know, you would think it would kind of attract some edge lords, and maybe it does. But the vocal folks, I feel like are really inclusive.
1: Yeah, like it's, it's, it is so cool. I think it's just cool when people, I guess, use that passion to like, Help people get into stuff and like be excited for other people who are getting into it. Yeah. um yeah, that's really. Cool. Oh, are you gonna play any other like Souls like games or FromSoft games?
0: I tried getting into Demon Souls mm-hmm. when it came out on PS5, but I just like I really struggled with when I hit a wall in that game. What I loved about Elden Ring is like I would hit a wall with something and I could just go do something else.
1: See, that's so funny because I'm like I think I'm learning that I'm the opposite of that because like with really? Elden Ring, and maybe one day I'll still like get an Elden Ring, but like. i I, like tried it then i like was like nah, it's not for me i deleted it then i re-downloaded it and then i like played it again and it's like sitting there like on my dash i don't know what i'm doing here i felt like there's too much freedom for me i'm like Mm. i need what i like about demon souls is it's like okay we're going down a hallway it's kind of archaic in that sense it's like okay i'm gonna hit this guy and then i'm gonna maybe die but then i'll get my souls back and then i'll slowly grind (laughs) and it's like just slowly shipping away like the directions are well even though demon souls has its own confusing stuff yeah. but it's it's more clear it's like okay and then you open this door and it connects the rooms like it is simple and i'm like i already have a lot going on with the combat i cannot handle the vastness of the world <laughs> like i can barely like hit someone and then roll away right, so right. um i like the simplicity of demon souls i think a little bit more so um yeah we'll see where things go um you know lies of peas yeah. Sol- souls souls born like
0: have you played that yet
1: um yes and i can say that i was like when's the embargo for that oh, i have yeah, played yeah. it yeah i have <laughs> played it uh, and i'm liking it a lot actually um i'm a couple hours in i am scared it will like get too hard for me but hmm. i'm i'm doing it so far and it, it a lot everyone compares it to bloodborne but honestly it feels like as a demon souls person i feel at home with yeah. it um, i was worried when people were comparing it to bloodborne that it'd be like really fast but I feel like it's not its not slow as Demon's Souls, but it's not, like, crazy fast to me either. So I'm liking it.
0: Nice. Right on. Um, I know you cover a lot of small and indie games. How do you choose which of those games to cover? Because there's just... It feels like an, an infinite yeah. amount. Um, yeah. How do you decide which, like, indie games to pick up?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I try to keep an eye out. Um, I follow a lot of people that also like indie games. So I feel like when I see ones pick up traction... Um, a lot of times I'll, like, peek over. Sometimes there are ones that I that catch my eye early and I start following them from, like, back in the day. Like, Maneku's Night Market, I've been following for, like, my whole life, I feel
0: like. Yeah. And
1: I'm like, it's going to come out one day. And then, you know, Ublitz, I was following for a long time, too. So I do have my ones that I pick and I, like, roll with. Um, but also uh, my friend and Indie Council colleague, Jill Grote, runs a site called The Indian former. So I've started going to her calendar and looking at what games are coming out and then just looking at the trailers of those games and seeing like what's piquing my interest. And then I add that to my calendar and then I'll try to like slot those in. Um And then also just looking at other release calendars too. But I will say for bigger sites, like they tend to hit only like the bigger indie releases. What I like about Jill's calendaring coverage is she's really going deep into the weeds on like games I've never really heard of. Yeah. So um yeah, and eventually like I hope to, or not eventually, cause I kind of already am that, but. By doing stuff like that, uh, I think Steam Next Fest too. It's like pick a couple things to follow, watch out for, put on your calendar, and then just make the time to play it if it looks of interest, is kind of how I generally operate. Um, you know, sometimes wrecks from people. Uh, Nicole Carpenter at Polygon also has an incredible eye for indie games. Um, Rebecca Valentine at IGN is also highlighting them in her column. I think Hidden Treasures is the name of the column. So I think definitely picking a couple people to follow and pick from their stuff and then also like sourcing a couple of stuff on your own and having like that mix. And then you just have to play them from there, which is still really hard to make the time <laughs> for. Uh, but I do my best.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that's like my next kind of follow question is like, how do you balance the indie coverage and like finding time for indie games with like the treadmill of big new yeah. releases, especially this year, it feels like.
1: This. Honestly, I'll probably just add in a new stream. I haven't done it yet. Um, I have cranked up and dialed my stream back depending on my life. So like at one point, I think I was doing Like four streams a week or something and now now i'm down to like two which i'm barely getting the two so i'm like this is nice this is like pretty manageable i do want to add in another one specifically for indie games just to kind of like do my homework for my show the indie council that i'm on um and that's kind of my plan but i do slot indie games into my best of watch as well like especially when there's a week that is not as heavy on like the obvious answer of like oh if you know ragnarok came out or something i'd probably play that but also sometimes i play games before they're out so then I don't usually stream those. Like if I stream them, I'll make my boyfriend play and I'll be on like Mike and we'll talk about the game. But I don't feel like starting from the beginning and then they kind of because I feel like I'm pretending to have thoughts almost on it. It's like, so, yeah, this is what I thought when I was like, it doesn't feel like as fun to me as yeah. like normally when I do that stream. It's me playing it for the first time. So it's like, hey, let's see how this game is. And we're doing it together. I feel like I've already played it we're not really doing that anymore. Right. Um, So then sometimes that opens up slots too, where I can like check out, you know, indie titles there. Um, So if they fit in best of watch, I definitely put them there. Um, If they can't, or like whether or not they can or can't, I probably will try to make a slot. That's just um, like, Hey, this is my indie day. And I used to have that back in the day when I used to do like, God, I got this. What was it called? It was the, I think it was itch.io. It was like the bundle for racial justice and equality during a lot of like the, push for like the BLM movement yeah um so I bought that bundle for, for charity and then I would do charity streams for like other BLM related organizations while playing through the games and I played a lot of indies that way I played a short hike that way I played like Yev Oma that way I played like um just like a million other things and th- that was really fun and I'm like I miss having dedicated indie time so the TLDR is just stream because then I'm like I have to play games because I'm streaming and like yeah. that's kind of how I make myself like make time for games because otherwise like it's very easy to just you know do your other work and then it's late and then it's like uh, and then so it's nice because it, it gives me a time a space a way to make money from doing it so it's still kind of like financially beneficial and then it also has the benefit of like now I can share this with other people and it's like okay we're doing so much good from just streaming it versus not even though yeah. I, I do want to make time to not stream too, but
0: <laughs> awesome um all right so with the insane amount of hours that it requires to play or beat some of these like huge games how do you balance giving a game its fair time like its fair time to kind of warm up on Mm -hmm. you um versus like just knowing it's not going to improve and not get any better
1: yeah it depends on what i want to do with the game so honestly a lot of times i just decide like i am gonna probably see this through to completion for the sake of like the content and like the review conversations so like when I sat down to play Starfield, I knew one, it's a big game, like a like a highly anticipated game. Two, um, I actually also just like had COVID not too long ago, like a f- like a month ago or something. And as I was getting out of it, this is my second time having it, unfortunately. So the the first bit, I'm like really tired and I can't think of anything and I'm just laying there. Then I end up like awake enough to like I can game, but not enough to really move. And that's like when I had got Starfield and I'm like, this is perfect yeah. <laughs> because. I can't do anything. I'm not working right now because I'm, I'm trying to rest. But I can sit here and I can play a long RPG and just, like, dig into it. So that kind of hit me at a, at a convenient time where I, like, was able to carve out the time for it. And I'm like, oh, also, like, it'll be beneficial to see this through if I can. Like, I had my dates in mind. I'm like, okay, when's the embargo up? Like, how whatever. So that was, like, kind of the perfect storm. But I will say I, like, kind of pick my spots. And it depends on, like, there's some games I know I'm going to beat. Like, Spider-Man 2, when that comes out, like, I know I'm going to beat it. I'm on PS I Love You it just makes sense like I wouldn't and also I like that franchise like I can't see a world where I play it and like I hate it so much so I just <laughs> delete it Yeah. Um. but other games that are more like definitely if I don't know if I like it I'm down to like put it down like you know Elden Ring where it's not really my taste so I'm like I kind of just tried it to try it Um. if it is my taste I'll just kind of decide like do I want to see it through or not like how much am I liking it and how valuable do I think seeing it through is and then also do I have the time so I'm sort of considering all those factors and then deciding, hey, do I want to beat this game? Like, I definitely don't only beat games I like. Uh, some people do, I just, I like sometimes seeing it through because you can learn different stuff or like sometimes things change. Like Dying Light 2, right, like I love that game. Then I finished it and I was like, the ending is like not great to me. Yeah. Um, But also like that cuts both ways because when I started, I was like, I don't know, it doesn't seem that interesting. And then I got really into it. So mm. there's definitely a benefit to seeing it through, but like realistically, like you're not gonna have the time to see everything through. And you definitely don't want to see everything through because I think if you said I'm gonna beat every game I try, I think it, you're gonna not want to try as many games because you're gonna be like, I don't want to get locked yeah. into <laughs> to beating this. So um, yeah, so many
0: hours in the day.
1: Yeah, so it's always like a like a little bit of a balancing act. I do I will say when I pick up a game for my outlet to review, I usually beat those because I want to beat them for the review. Maybe there's been a few times where I started, I'm like, you know what, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do it. But like that's it's very rare because again, like good, bad, whatever. Like I picked it to. Review it like let's see what it what it's about.
0: Yeah, awesome.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> sorry. I
0: know. Well, this is a cram table, so I apologize. Um, luckily, no spill so far. That was one yeah, thing yeah. I was like, oh man, I was really no, worried I, mean, I was gonna spill something. Again,
1: this setup is like, I've I've had every form of setup. This is actually a lot nicer than what I normally have, <laughs> which is like, what was a folding table and is now an IKEA table in my office space that i'm like hey what's up everyone i'm like i'm crawling over cables and yeah, things yeah. like it's a whole whole mess
0: hey you know gets the job done that's yeah, all that yeah. matters um all right what's a hot take that you anticipated getting some blowback for that you didn't mm-hmm. and then what's Ooh. a take that you didn't anticipate to be a hot take and for it to be blowback but that you did get hmm that's a great I, question i've rephrased that very poorly but no no i know what you're <laughs> talking about
1: it's tough because i feel like i always know when i'm gonna get flack and that's almost always like it's a, um if just it's as ne- a woman if it, in games media i think just if you're negative like i'm i'm uh, really yeah. unafraid to be negative and people really don't like ne- like what they perceive as negativity like negative criticism is perceived as like mean by a lot of people so i'm trying to think is there something hmm a hot take that i thought like i'd get pushback for that i didn't not really i mean i guess the. i mean because to me some of this I don't know it's weird because some of the stuff it's like I feel like it's not that hot of a take so that's why I'm like like you know like I didn't like um Pokemon what was the last one that came on out RCS the other one um
0: god I couldn't violet tell oh, Scarlet, yeah, Scarlet, and violet. violet. like I didn't like those games but
1: I feel like a lot of people didn't so I don't think that's like I think me saying like that game doesn't function well is like very <laughs> not a hot take and yeah. a lot of people are like yeah like <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't think anyone's mad at that yeah but um, with the
0: Pokemon crowd, you just never know.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe we can throw that out there, but I feel like people are, I guess, yeah, the, the defenders aren't as strong. So I guess I'm a little surprised that people aren't more, like, more mad about that. Yeah. Um, Something I got flag for that I didn't expect. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, maybe in a way the PSVR 2 stuff where it's like, I mean, <laughs> this isn't, I think we can all agree there aren't, like, really any games for this, and people are like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, but even that, I wasn't, I'm never too surprised. Um, I don't know. There's people that get mad at almost everything. The only thing people don't really get mad at is if you like something. Hmm. I've never really seen people get mad that you like something. It's only if you don't like something. But there's a lot of times I don't like something, and I'm like, it's another bad, another bad day online. Yeah. Um, yeah, like no one's mad that I like like Horizon or something. It's like it's one of my favorite games that definitely has its flaws. But I'm like, I I love that game, and no one's like, I hate that. The closest I get is like, oh, like you only like. Like three games and like One's Horizon and it's like I don't know like that's not really anything. I guess maybe I'd put that in that category, but yeah, yeah, no, I kind of, I always know and I can clock it from pretty much a mile away. I'm like, people are gonna be mad, like
0: <laughs> if if you don't have positive things to say, it's just gonna be, yeah, yeah,
1: um, and the bigger the game, the worse that is. Um, yeah, like people, yeah, it's just like that, you know, whether it it was you know Starfield, uh, Uncharted is like my famous one of like. You just want to hate it, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just keep playing them because everyone says the next one's better, and yeah it technically kind of is, but not as much <laughs> as I hoped. I have lost Legacy next, so I'm excited to see right what on. happens with that.
0: Awesome. Okay, so this is our last coffee. Oh wait, yeah. This is oh yeah. Feel free. I mean, if you no, want no, more. No, I was.
1: One, I lost track of. I'm just floating through space at this point.
0: <laughs> We're just over caffeinated yeah. at this point. Um, These so are this, all mixed up now. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so they're actually based out of Arkansas, strangely enough, but I think they're probably one of the best coffee roasters in the country, if not the world. Um, and this is a Kenya. So let me know what you think.
1: Yeah, it's good. It kind of reminds me of the first one a little bit. It's like smooth, hmm. bold, but not bitter. Yeah. I'd say coffees are the only thing that I... like. I've, it's very rare for me to have a coffee I don't like. It yeah. happens very rarely, so... <laughs>
0: Here's the bag, too, if you want to. It's yeah, a box, yeah. which is cool kind
1: of funny. So. Do you have a, well, besides yours, do you have a favorite of the ones we drink?
0: You know, it's so tough. I get asked, like, when I'm doing, like, our own mm. coffee stuff, I, like, people always ask what your favorite coffee is, and it just, it changes so much. It's almost just, like, food. It's like, oh, I'm in the mood for pasta today, um, or, like, I want Mexican food. So, it just, sure. like, you know, it's, it changes so much. But I think in terms of what excited me the most, I just, like, I'm such a sucker for and ethiopia mm-hmm. especially aworka that's just like really fruity it's just it's so bright um but i think like a daily drinking coffee i really like these two the el salvador and the, the colombia and then this one really surprised me the aroma was like really yeah. unique
1: i think that might be my favorite just because it was such a weird blend like i think the coffee itself is very drinkable but that weird jalapeno smell was like kind of yeah. cool and then i also give a shout out to the this one the, like the sweet Brandy one. Wine. Yes. Yeah. Um, just because it's so different. I think that's definitely for me, again, in that category of I would not want that every day, but I think it's like such a fun pop to yeah, your week. At totally. some point.
0: Um Yeah, there's it's so funny you mentioned jalapeno. There is one that I really tried to find to see if they had available. It's a roaster. They're actually in like Barcelona. Um, but I had their coffee and it was actually kind of spicy. It was Ooh. really interesting. So I've been looking for like new fun coffees to incorporate, but it's tricky because they're not always in stock. Or, yeah, and yeah. So. It kind of depends on timing. But anyway. All right. Last question. Last set of questions. So speaking of hot takes, I have a list of kind of like uh, gaming trends. Okay. Um, and I just want you to give me your hot takes or opinions on each of them. Also, feel free to like, if you want sparkling water. that's what this one is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. So we'll go through the list of hot takes. You give me your thoughts mm-hmm. on them. All right. VR in general.
1: Um, it wasn't the future we thought it would be. And I don't know if we're going to see a big breakout, I think VR has struggled to find its footing outside of novelty and shooters. I think Mm -hmm. there are a few really special examples of things that like pop really nicely in VR before your eyes is super cool in VR, but you can also play it not in VR, Um, Tetris effects, but also you can play it not in VR. So I think it's been hard to find a game that uses it really well and truly also justifies its use to the fullest extent. Um, yeah, but I'm still kinda hopeful. I always thought VR was it was really interesting and I've been following it for a long time. So Yeah. Maybe it'll shake things up. I would love to see something that feels fresher, but I think also when you think of games and like the arcade space, like maybe we just need a little more time to, to get there, but then I don't know if we'll end up getting that time.
0: Yeah. You think it'll always kinda be a little bit niche?
1: Yeah, like I just wonder at one point, like, is there a point where we're just gonna give up on it? Um we're already at that point i don't really know what the mm. future for that market looks like but yeah it's not going great i don't think
0: <laughs> um okay do you have any thoughts on the metaverse as like a concept not necessarily like facebook's oh, yeah. metaverse
1: uh yeah i just don't i don't think we're gonna get there it reminds me of like you know how when we think of the future and everyone's wearing like jumpsuits that match and it's like why yeah. why do we think that's a, the metaverse feels like that mm. um where it's i get the concept where it's like then we'll be on, like we'll be fully online but i just don't think we're getting there anytime soon i think it's just like an odd conception mm. um stuff like that can be fun like the playstation home stuff or whatever but yeah i don't want to people don't want to put on a headset and go to zoom like it's like that's <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't know yeah
0: totally um all right cloud gaming
1: Mm. i think it's gonna get there i think we're i think we've made really good progress on like the connectivity of it um Admittedly, for me, it's been kind of a mixed bag with, like, some aspects of lag, but I know a lot of people that do cloud gaming. um, I don't think it can work the way Nintendo's doing it, where they're like, we can't run it, but the cloud can't. Like, "Mm, no, you guys aren't good online. Like, I don't know. Um, But cloud gaming, yeah, I think it's here to stay, and I think it's um, a cool companion piece. Um, I'm loving that we're seeing more of, like, a mobile surge in terms of, like, on-the-go gaming, even though we're all just gaming from our couch, but, like the tv's on like that's all i want to do right so we have the steam deck we got the switch we got you know playstation's coming out with their portal device i think that's what's called playstation portal something mm-hmm. like that there's like the backbone for like xbox's stuff like i like that we're getting options to play on our little screens
0: yeah totally um okay speaking of little screens mobile gaming and specifically i'm curious what your thoughts are on apple like they they just announced a new iphone will play console yeah. games
1: yeah um gosh, this is tough because I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I think I'm excited about it because it kind of reminds me of like how, um, and I don't remember if it's like phones or just like other handheld devices, but like mobile gaming, like gaming on the go is really popular in places like outside of the US, like in Japan, like a lot of people are like gaming on their, uh, on their phones or on whatever device. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think, I think that could be a great way to go because kids love gaming on their phone. I don't have any kids, and I'm not around kids very often. But one thing I know is, like, kids go ham on, like, those iPad games. And sometimes they're playing, like, regular games on there, like Fortnite or, you know, Roblox or whatever. So I feel like this is a natural progression in that sense because I think I'm so interested to see, like, how the space changes in the next, like, 20, 30 years. Because I think the people that are going to grow up and become me now are going to be, like, yeah, I would play, like, so many, like, I think they are phone gamers. Um, yeah. So I feel like it'll be cool to bring more traditional experiences to that platform. And then, like, Apple Arcade's great. Like, I like what Apple's doing in the gaming space a lot. Mm.
0: Speaking of Apple, do you have thoughts on their AR uh, headset? Oh, yeah.
1: It's, like, it's so expensive. It's <laughs> insane. Because how much is it again? Do you remember? It's like, 3000 Yeah, like, yeah. it's just, I mean, it is a really cool idea, and I would love to try one out and, like, have access to one. There's not a universe that I'm going to buy one. At all, there's barely maybe a universe where my partner might maybe consider getting one. Like again, at that at that number, because at first like we went into it, he's like, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna get this. Like I don't mind like dropping a lot of coin on Apple, and then it's like three that like it was so much money. Yeah. So, um, looking forward to the third model that maybe will be a thousand dollars that, <laughs> yeah. and maybe he'll get that, and then I'll use that. But again, it is a high end hobbyist device. Um, and we'll see if they ever kind of bring the price point down to a more like. General accessible thing because yeah. you know a thousand dollars is a lot of money, but also my my phone is like I think like around that price, so right, right. it's not in inconce- My MacBook same deal. Um, so yeah, I hope that down the line they make a more general consumer version of the product.
0: Yeah, how about the long rumored Switch Two or mm. whatever they call it?
1: I'm tired. That's my hot take. <laughs> I like yeah. I've rescinded myself from Switch Two. I mean, I, we still talk about Switch Two all the time, like on podcasts. I'm on, that's fine, but I'm like, look. I'm not going to give you any, pred- like, I mean, I'll give you predictions for, like, what I think, what I want to see and stuff like that. But I'm, like, I'm done. After the, like, 80th rumor of the Switch Pro or the Switch 2, I had to just, like, rescind for my own mental health. I'm, yeah. like, I'm not even going to deal with this. You tell me when they're going to tell me about it, and then we'll talk. Um, so I'm exhausted <laughs> by that. But I am i can't wait for it to happen, so it's over. Yeah. It's so totally. that we can just remove it as a topic of conversation
0: because it's been going for
1: so long.
0: Totally. Um, how about the Steam Deck?
1: Oh. Yeah. I love my Steam Deck. I became a Steam Deck supporter. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. It's, like, very much a Luxe product. Uh, It very much is, like, do you need another gaming thing when you haven't played any of your games? Probably not. Um, I was able to get one uh, from work. Like, my boss had sent me one as, like, a, oh, like, you know, great work lately. Like, you said you wanted one of these. Here here you go. And I'm like, oh, my God, great, because I don't want to buy it because it's expensive. So it is an expensive product. It is really big. I have really small hands. Um, So it's heavy. But the buttons feel very luxurious, and it's just cool having access to so many games like easily and casually. Because I'm not a, really a PC gamer, but I do love a handheld, so I've liked just getting to. It's definitely been replacing the Switch for me, where I'm getting, a, I'm looking at a lot of codes, and I'm like, you know what? Can I get the Can I get the PC key instead of Switch? Yeah, because I want that Steam Deck option.
0: Totally. Um, okay, this is more for myself, but as someone who just bought a PC for mm-hmm. for games, do you have any hot takes on PC games?
1: Um, on PC gaming?
0: Yeah, just or PCs in general.
1: Um, I don't. I mean, it's not really a hot take, but like, I don't know. Like, get what you need and get as into it as you want to get into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that there's like a lot to dig into, but it is like very expensive Lego. Um, which is why I don't <laughs> dabble with it because I'm like I don't want to like. I don't wanna like open stuff up and like go inside of it. Like that's that's stressful to me. Yeah. So I I would just buy it. I like rock a pre build. Sometimes I'll have like my boyfriend like upgrade whatever part to it. But um yeah, I think if you can afford it, get something powerful enough to run sort of everything and then, you know, get as into it as you want to get into it. You know, there's a, a big community for it. There's like people that have the weirdo, like long, wide curved monitors yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I don't it looks cool, but I'm like is that good to look at? I don't, I feel like it wouldn't be, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really a PC gamer, but I do have a lot of fun on my PC with, like, that's how I stream, that's how I, like, do stuff, so, like, figure out what you want to do with it, and then, like, lean into that, I yeah. guess. So it's more, more of a wholesome take than a hot take, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not really a fan, but, like, I also use my PC a lot for doing my job, so it's like, hey, get the job done.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay, last one, artificial intelligence.
1: Um, I guess, like it's, I mean, it's always exist. It's existed for a long time. I think in our modern era of like what we think of when we think of AI, like chat GBT and stuff. Um, it's, it's not the same as like a writer and a person is the the big thing, which is not really a hot take. Like that's pretty popular among writers. Um, but as someone that's like looked at what it can generate, it's not like that much, you know, like, I think it's going to be really useful for for some things, just like any tools we have, right? Like a calculator is really good for doing like simplistic calculations and making that easier. But like, I don't think, oh, now we don't have to like write our essays because I could have a, a like a robot do it or a review. Like, I've dabbled in what those things can produce, and it's not really much in that regard. But it could be good with like other things or like helping you with like a brainstorming board or something for something very simplistic and generic. But yeah, I definitely hate that we've already seen a lot of outlets cut staff to like replace them with like AI stuff, and I think they're gonna. I don't think it's going to go well, and I'm hoping that enough of that will happen where we just, like, give up on that idea because it's a bad and dumb idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally. All right. Last question we ask all of our guests. Janet Garcia, what makes you feel most alive?
1: Oh, man. Oh, I should have an answer to this because I'm always joking. I make a lot of sitcom references, and there's a scene in How Much Your Mother with Robin's ex-boyfriend where – He's like – because he's like super washed and he's like performing at a concert or something. And he's like, why can't I always feel this alive? And I say that line all the time. And I'm trying to think what things do I say it for. Um, I don't know. A lot of stuff. Like I guess the stuff that I'm passionate about but also like just having like a good time. Like I don't know. I go for a run and I'm like really relaxed afterwards or like I'm – I don't know uh like i went to like universal with my brother as like press and we did like the last of us stuff and we had like our little express pass and i'm like that was definitely like a why can't i always feel this alive kind of moment (laughs) so i guess just the things that bring me little but distinct surges of joy are the Mm -hmm. things that make me feel most alive that i get most excited about
0: i love that awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me what would you like to plug
1: um you can follow me everywhere across social media even the ones that haven't existed yet (laughs) under the handle game honestly that's game O-N-Y-S-U-S. And uh, I'm on a lot of stuff. I have my own Twitch channel. I have my own YouTube channel. I have my outlet, Pen2Pixels. I am on Minmax. I'm on Kind of Funny. I'm on the Indie Council. Um, I'm kind of everywhere. So yeah, come through on whatever kind of content speaks to you. I do a lot of it, so you can probably find something that I think you'd get um, some benefits or some intrigue or some enjoyment out of. So check it out if you're inclined to do so. And yeah, that's my plug
0: amazing thank you again this is so much fun
1: yeah thanks for having me How was it? It was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was super chill. It's weird having the headphones off. Now.
0: <laughs> yeah. This room is like, so Hello. quiet. Yeah,
1: no, it was really fun. Like the time flew by. Like I don't get to do a lot of in-person stuff, so like this is cool. I'm like yeah, the coffee's were great. And no, no. Yeah, it was fun.